you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes. Hey, before you get to your show, you have to check out the R&B podcast. I am Nate Burleson. I'm joined by my man, Michael Robinson. On today's show, we break down RG3's future, Marshawn Lynch and Calvin Johnson retirement, and the stories that we share with those individuals. We break down the combine, what it means to us and our experience. And of course, we got to hit on the grunk party cruise. We touching on all the hottest subjects. This is the R&B podcast. Check us out on iTunes and on YouTube. I guarantee you're going to love it. The Around the NFL Podcast is a solid third-round draft pick. Oh, my goodness. Here we are. Beautiful Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of many an AFC South title. Glory is here, folks. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, of course, by a room filled with heroes, a stadium even. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's more than just a room. I mean, if Well, you, I said stadium. I clarified. Well, if you're list, if listening to us, we're right around, what, the 18-yard line, right off the sidelines, a, a few yards away from where the, the athletes finish up their 40-yard dash. Say, we're almost lined up exactly Mark, the first Super Bowl we covered yeah. where Wes Welker couldn't pull in that Tom Brady pass, uh, thus crushing the Patriots in a big spot. That's how I remember the yardage. Yeah, that was hurtful. Uh, <laughs> he was on the other hash, so it also wasn't accurate. But well, okay, close enough. I got my shot in. This is, yes, the Thursday NFL Scouting Combine edition of the Around the NFL podcast. And, guys, uh, we have been cranking. And, Greg, you're the boss uh, we don't look for these type of accolades. Perhaps I do. You, you look for yes. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we have been busy for the last two days because there's really two components to the scouting combine. And we've put our focus, our team is focused on 
the coaches and GMs, their press conferences, the news that comes out of that, and then the actual events and all that stuff starts over the weekend. But we have been locked in on what's going on with these high-ranking officials, and we've learned a lot, haven't we? We have. We've been working hard. Forget the three-cone drill. I'd like people to see Mark Sessler's oh my God. Ta- ten, 10 yard time when they announce Sashi Brown is at the podium because he angles in there. He gets to the front of all the scrums. He's using his elbows even though he's sick. He's a Got to do it. I mean, it's uh, it is it, it's even from when we were here a couple of years ago. The laundry list of coaches and GMs has been condensed. It is massive. I mean, it was like one after the next, and it was a whirlwind. About fifty, fifty in the last uh, couple more tomorrow hours too. So, Forty-eight hours. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing uh, the past two days, Wednesday and Thursday. We're out of here on Friday, and there's some speaking heroes. I mean, Mark Sessler, very close to the end. I would think physically. <laughs> It's very touch and go if you make it home. Chris Wessling, not far behind. I mean, you want to talk about soldiers, Greg. You need to. You must be proud of these guys. I, I am. It's been a great week. For, are you okay, Wes? Do you think you're going to survive the rest of the week? My body actually feels fine, unlike Mark, who's on his deathbed. I just have this cough that won't go away. And yet you still went to a cigar bar last night. Well, that's because of peer pressure from you guys. <laughs> well, we also turned in at about 11 o'clock. I think you stayed out till 2 a.m. as well. No, right? no, 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 no. Wow. Kevin Cause Patrick, and Colleen Wolf stayed wow. out till 2 a.m. I was right behind you. Really? Yes. Uh, well, I apologize. Okay. Uh, here in the hallowed grounds of Lucas Oil Stadium, where the banners were hoisted, 2009 AFC South champions, 2008 wild card, 2007. Oh, man, history. You could feel goosebumps. <laughs> Runner up, 2014 <laughs> AFC Big show today, guys. Big show today. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Um, there's so much news to unpack from all these, inter- all these press conferences that we took an active presence in. We asked questions. Uh, we got in the middle of the scrum. Old elbow grease Rosenthal was sneaking into little scrums, getting his mic in there. Everybody got excited. So we're going to break down all the news that came out of this and uh, some observations. So the newsy elements we're going to talk about, you know, things that are changing in the NFL as we head toward free agency and the draft. Uh, some other observations just, you know, since we have our boots on the ground, it only makes sense that we should share what it's like to be here and what we're seeing that maybe you're not seeing at home if you're watching on NFL Network or NFL Now or your uh, portable device. There's so many ways to, you know, ingest this. Well, Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider, he was just a few yards away taping a network. He feels the heat Humble right. Greg. He feels the heat right now because that being the insider is usually his turf. We've come in. And we've stolen the show. And Ian's on fire because he has not been sued this week. So, like, in terms of, like, when you talk about the insider standings, he's on fire right now. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk some observations. Uh, and then the satellite heroes will join us. Uh, Chicago correspondent Kevin Patra, uh, Haunted House, New Jersey correspondent Connor Orr. They'll jump in for a quick seg, a little industry term. Not a term. means segment. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see what they have to say about this week. Uh, so a lot to get to. A lot to get to. Let's do it. Yeah, so why don't we start? Maybe. We got Sydney over in uh, – can you hear us, Sydney? Are you on mic? I believe she is not on uh, the bummer. right now. <laughs> so, okay, that's too bad. But what we can do, Sydney, because we feel you even if you're not here, let's get into some news, okay? You know, it's kind of like being half pregnant. You know, forget that. We're all in. So <laughs> we're fully pregnant now. What is going on with Rex Ryan? By the way, Mark, you were on a plane with Rex on the way here. Yeah. Did you worry? Were you worried about your 18 to 24 months of trashing 
the Bills coach is going to come back to bite you in a big spot. A little concerned. At one point, uh, I was with Matt Lathrop, one of our NFL Now NFL media producers, and he pointed out that, that Rex was here. And of all the figures to be on the same aircraft mm. with me, I thought it might be a plot from higher up, an ugly one. But I was so <laughs> ill on the flight that I was basically mm. just concerned with getting through in one piece without a major disaster happening bodily. I feel like Rob would be the fully pregnant Ryan if one of the two. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. So, yes, we'll get into Rex's uh, escapades uh, from Wednesday a little bit. But first, let's start. Escapades. Nice. Thank you. Played Wes, even under the water, hitting home runs. (laughs) Uh, We'll start with Colin Kaepernick. And this is news. You want to talk about not just aggregators. Greg Rosenthal, old elbow grease, rolls up to the presser, and he asks the question that needed to be asked to GM Trent Balky. Was it Balky? Yeah. Balky? Balky. Okay. And he asked the big question, which is, will Colin Kaepernick be on this team on the 49ers for 2016? There's a big salary involved, uh, his his bad play in, in recent years, his injuries, all this stuff that maybe they would go with Blaine Gabbert, maybe draft someone, maybe sign someone and move on. However, Balky said Wednesday he, quote, absolutely expects uh, Kaepernick to m- remain on the roster. Uh, that uh, nearly $12 million uh, salary becomes guaranteed April 1st. And the plan, Balky said, is for Kaepernick to be on the roster. Uh, the quote, the good thing is that we have two guys that have gone in and proven they can play, okay, if that's what you think. Uh, but, Greg, you you say even if they say that, oh, there's a competition going on, uh, other things uh, make it not so much of a competition. No, I, I look at the money. Blaine Gabbert's barely making a couple million dollars a year. Barely. It would be nice. But Kaepernick is making almost 12. You don't keep him on the roster unless you expect him to be your starter. Chip Kelly also spoke on Thursday, and he said he's talked to Kaepernick. He's excited. There hasn't been a lot of huge headline news, a lot of little stuff this week. I think this is the biggest news of the week because I think they're saying Kaepernick is our guy. Yeah, he's going to have to You're earn the job. Off. Why, why is that? You're way off. Uh-oh. Everything they've said is we've got two guys. They couldn't make it any more clear. And not only that, but Balky. That's not true, though. They they did not say that. I think Balky went out of his way to say We've got two guys. And then he also said that's not going to stop us from looking in free agency of the draft, too. I don't think they're handing the job to Kaepernick in any way. I don't, but I think Chip Kelly got to San Francisco because, in part, he convinced them that he can turn Colin Kaepernick around. He was five yards away from winning the Super Bowl. That's what Chip Kelly said just today, that this is a guy who has talent unlike many quarterbacks in the league. He's not saying that about Gabbert. And we're in the business of keeping talent, not getting rid of talent. And I think he sold them. That's a fourth sale sign on Kaepernick. I, I think that if they keep Kaepernick, that they do not go in the draft. And that has major draft implications. If you look at the teams that would have taken a quarterback, it goes Cleveland and probably the 49ers next. So if you keep Kaepernick around and then you go draft Jared, Jared Goff or someone, you create major unrest in that organization, which is not the best first move for Chip Kelly. In other quarterback news, Peyton Manning and Connor Orr wrote the piece that around the NFL. And by the way, you check out all this, all this reporting that we've been doing from IndyNFL.com slash news, NFL.com slash around the NFL, NFL.com slash Sessler, Wessling, Rosenthal. Wow. It's all there. You could skip the Sessler part. Okay. All right. Just saying it's not Connor been a great said, week. The Broncos will continue waiting on Peyton because Gary Kubiak said on Wednesday that they have still they're still not they've not been made aware of Manning's next step, but he has been in touch with the organization. The quote, well, I think the bottom line is we made a decision on how we were going to go about it. It's about him taking his time to work through some things, think through some things. There's no hurry here. We want him to enjoy what just took place and we'll go from there. All right. How about this, guys? That's all BS. 
Because enough of this time, taking time. The Broncos have business to, to take care of. Namely, their backup quarterback is a free agent. So they got Peyton, come back to us. <laughs> Give a decision and move on. Wes, you agree? Well, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, and Peyton Manning can take all the time he wants, but when, if he decides to come back, the Broncos are going to tell him to take a hike. And they're gonna work. They're gonna work out a deal with Brock Osweiler. And then it gets awkward on the low while Peyton Manning's taking his time. Well, I also think what we've heard from Ian Rapport about Von Miller this week is a factor in all this quarterback talk. And Ian reported that Von Miller and the Broncos are getting closer to a deal, a long-term deal. That means that maybe you can franchise Brock Osweiler if you really need to. And they can give Peyton Manning all the time they want. They're still talking to Osweiler. And the most telling comment that Kubiak and Elway said was Elway's talked to him multiple times this week. Well, what are what are they talking about with Peyton Manning? Uh, know, seriously, right? like, just, what right. are those multiple right. conversations about? Something's... It seems like an exit strategy, how they're going to plan on doing things. I mean, it can't be a negotiating a new deal. I don't think they're going to get Peyton Manning to retire because Peyton Manning, if he really wants to play and it won't be in Denver, you've got Case Keenum sitting in Los Angeles and they very willingly potentially could take Peyton Manning oh, as a quarterback. Yeah. Why just, would they do that? Why way. not? You want to market your team? Anymore. All right, well, market your team around Case Keenum then. Johnny, well, it's the NFL. You don't have to market your team. That's Johnny Unitas well, uh, playing for the Chargers. Their, That's what it reminds they me. They market their team around Todd Gurley. You, I you just win think, games. I think Peyton Manning, if he wants to stick around, someone's going to fall for it. They don't, they don't need uh, Peyton Manning. I saw some pictures this week with models dressed in Rams uniforms at Pink's Hot Dogs. That's selling the tickets. Oh, boy. Uh, moving on, and, and this was uh, a press conference that occurred first thing Thursday, and uh, first row center was Mark Sessler to take it all in. <laughs> There's a man that runs a big-time business in the uh, front office of the Cleveland Browns. His name. Ladies and gentlemen. Sashi. For one night only. Sashi. <laughs> and before we get into what Sashi had to say, I want to pull up an image. And if you're watching on YouTube, this is our first YouTube show in a while. Uh, you could check it out. Here we go. Here's Mark in the front row. And you can see I've used some oh, arrows with the help of Sydney, our glorious producer. And then uh, direct eye contact with Sashi, front row center. And did you have the first question as well, Mark? I did. And I figured, happened? listen, Sashi Brown is going to run this team for 20, 30 years. Who? Sashi Brown. I want to be the first person to ask the question at the combine of him. Wow. No, it was just it, actually when he, when he opened it up after a quick – all these Browns guys, Hugh Jackson filibustered for like five-plus minutes, and then Sashi Brown had a nice two-, three-minute-long statement. So when, when he was finished, it was just silence, and I thought, well, you're going to sit front center, throw something Well, what did he there. ask him? I asked him basically, you know, two years ago, he was with the team when they did this big highfalutin study on what quarterback to pick, and they spent all this money, oh, and then they that. picked a different quarterback. I said, are you going to do a study this time, and this time will you pick the quarterback that comes out number one? And he, you know, he didn't really answer it. So so that, that is a, such a Sessler question that to bring up a two-year-old thing that's annoyed him ever since. So <laughs> well, it's annoyed. I mean, it's about. hung in the press since. I mean, it's, you know, and they're looking for a quarterback again, so it's relevant. I, where would you rank it like worst Browns draft moves? That? Where they had the whole study and went somewhere else, or when they leaned down the homeless man to pick Manziel? Oh man, I mean, I listen. If you, I think that, that, that number one, you've already made the first mistake, and then you made the second. The second mistake's worse. We can mm. accept the first, maybe, but then you then you went to someone outside of the organization who isn't really even functioning or have a and, home, yeah, right? I mean, you got their opinion. To so. clarify, that study would have said to take Teddy Bridgewater, right? 
Over that is Johnny correct. Manziel. Yep. No, good. Anyway, so here was the news element that came out of the Sashi presser. And these all go about 15 minutes or so. And then you scurry outside in, in some cases and try to talk with the local beat guys. And that's where you start to smell like the, the BO and it gets a little uncomfortable and you're rubbing another man's wrist inadvertently. Well, in this case, Wes out. and I coughing all over yes. everyone. So it's not just them. The news element is that Josh Gordon is uh, in the Browns' plans. Uh, Sashi said that there is a spot. For Josh Gordon, so as long as he keeps his nose clean and uh, does the right things, I think they're even though they've been given no timetable, they expect him to be involved with this team. And Mark, that's going to be a huge deal to have if he comes back. And who knows how he will be this way, a long time away from football. But if he's Josh Gordon, that's a big piece. Well, he has been working out. I mean, obviously, but I, he it's like he is by all accounts he has tried to turn his life around, and the infraction. The times have changed. What his infraction was just a few years ago is not seen the same way, and the NFL's got to work on their rulings on all that stuff anyways. But what do you want your first move to be if you're the front office to release Josh Gordon? He gets picked up by the Baltimore Ravens who need a wide receiver, and he goes for 1,600 yards. Mark's ultimate fear is always that his star player will get picked up by someone he hates, and then you get buried. Like what happened with Trent Richardson maybe in Baltimore. Who knows? Trent Richardson's going to lead the league in rushing now. Well, who's saying that besides you? <laughs> that's that's a big news, though, Josh Gordon. I mean, if yeah. you, you put Josh Gordon, maybe you re-sign Travis Benjamin. They, Are you, nice is anyone little... surprised that they would keep him, though? No, I, I'm, I, no I, not at all. makes sense. I think the way, the positivity that he spoke about Josh Gordon, I, I was a little surprised by it, that they weren't going to, yeah, they weren't playing the tough guy, you know, the tough love like they are with Johnny Manziel, of course, publicly. His well, crimes aren't that severe. That's fair. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little contract, star player contract, uh, buzz. The Chicago Bears, uh, Ryan Pace, their GM, announced that uh, Alshon Jeffrey, their wide receiver, is not going anywhere. There was some speculation that they were going to let him hit the market, which I think we all roundly criticized that notion. Uh, but uh, Pace came out and said that they will either, they're working towards a long term deal, and if that doesn't work out, they will use the franchise tag. So I know on your top 99, gentlemen, which we'll have to get into, top 99 free agents on NFL.com, uh, a Wes and Greg scientist joint. Uh, we'll do a podcast on that when we get back to L.A. But he's in your top five, but he might as well not even be on the list for all intents and purposes. Exactly. I think what one of the things we learn every year again is that these coaches and general managers don't really want to say too much about the franchise tag, and we shouldn't read too much into it because – they can use that as leverage in contract talks or it might affect contract talks, and I think that's why the Bears have been sort of noncommittal up until now. Jeffrey's staying, and, and Josh Norman's staying too. I think you were going to mention yep. that. That Basically, that was a theme of Wednesday's pressers, that the good players, for the most part, aren't going to be going anywhere. A lot of guys that look like maybe they'd be surprise cuts, uh, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, Jason Peters, they're all staying. And then Josh Norman, it was pretty clear from Gettleman, uh, Dave Gettleman, the Panthers GM, that he's going to get the tag. Yeah, and all the quarterbacks, which we, you know, two weeks ago writing this piece, what will happen? Well, nonsense. I mean, you're not going to let quarterbacks that can lead your team. You're not going to have RG3 suddenly back in, in Washington when you have Kirk Cousins and Osweiler staying in Denver and Kaepernick staying in San Francisco. Uh, you guys know sometimes things get on my radar, as you say, Wes. Oh, yeah. And it's the narratives or uh, humans that I'm tracking as potential enemies <laughs> or people that I dislike. Yeah, very it's a negative radar. You have an yeah. impressive it's investigation arm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is more a storyline that I'm kind of over a little bit. Uh, the Calvin Johnson decision, decision 16. It's like I love Calvin Johnson as a player. 
I, I hope he continues to play, but if he doesn't play anymore, I hope he lives a happy post-NFL life and healthy. But just give me a decision, buddy. Oh, couldn't well, agree wait. more. The day, was, the day it first even percolated, just put it on the transaction wire or say nothing. Isn't this more like the girl who broke up with you and started seeing other guys and you're still pining away from her, hoping she changes her mind? Who knows? Like, he's already... Pretty much retired, isn't he? I don't know. No, it's all kind of nebulous. Or as Michael Scott would say, nebulous. This press conference from their GM, Bob Quinn, got me thinking. The more this goes on, I think the more likely he is to come back. I'm with you. He said that they don't need a decision. They made an organizational decision. They're not going to pressure Calvin Johnson at all. They don't care if he doesn't make a decision before free agency. They are saying they are willing to keep his $24 million cap hit on the books, into free agency, totally changing their spending habits this year just in case he wants to come back, which tells me they must think he's there's a chance that he's coming back. I think that's, very yeah. Machiavellian. I think that tells me more about the wide receiver market. And you can't replace Calvin Johnson. What are you going to do, sign Marvin Jones? Spend that money? G- give Mohamed Sanu a $100 million. Game. Yeah, you, you don't have any option but to leave that money there. Uh, and finally, in wide receiver news, more wide receiver news, Andre Johnson, this uh, from uh, NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport, uh, who reported early Wednesday that Johnson's going to be one and done here in Indianapolis. Of course, we know uh, Johnson was really a shadow of his former self uh, with the Colts, was not able to get any separation, and uh, and then once Andrew Luck got hurt, he completely disappeared off the map. So he's done. The Colts are not are looking to get out of that contract, which they'll be able to do easily. Uh, although they're not easily, I should say, because there will be a heavy cap hit, seven and a half million. And uh, Rappaport also reports, guys, that uh, he's weighing his options, Andre Johnson, and he may retire. Feels like a Peyton Manning scenario, Mark, where. Yeah, you probably should retire, but we're not going to tell you to. Outside of the money, it's not surprising on any level that he's not going to be playing in this stadium next season. I, in terms of the retirement thing, I mean, he, he felt retired to me last season. He was productive just the year before. The year before. But you're, but, you're but right. still in relative decline even then. This Hall of Fame class is shaped, potential Hall of Fame voting class is shaping up to be insane. Because to me, Andre Johnson's right there on the edge. I mean, if it's Andre Johnson, I think Calvin Johnson would be in front of him in line. You got Jared Allen. You got Charles Woodson. You possibly mm. got Peyton Manning. That's an insane group. Greg is gearing up for a trip to Canton in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm also looking forward. The Colts are going to raise the banner after this year, 41 catches by Andre Johnson <laughs> up there, 2015. I would say he, if he does retire, he's a Hall of Famer. We can get into that when it actually happens. But he, to me, he was one of the top five receivers for a period of a decade. And that, to me, that's enough to, to if you're stick around that long and you're dominant. You're I think we famer. should dig into it now for 15, 16 minutes. <laughs> you're not not only a top five, he was the best receiver in the NFL for a couple kidding, of Wes. years. Which I, I just think, like when you're talking Hall of Fame, that matters being yeah. the best. Uh, yes, that's what's happening in the news. So that's kind of like the more nugs. Another industry term means nuggets. I don't think that's an industry term. Segs was the other one? Segs, nugs. Um, yeah, so now we're going to talk about um, more observations, things that we saw. Obzos? Obzos, things that we took away uh, from these last two days here in beautiful Indianapolis. And we're having a grand old time. We're going to get Connor Orr uh, here in a, a, a little bit, and he's he's been our guide all week. Mark, you've been in a hotel room when you haven't been working. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I have not seen a single thing. Yeah, Connor's been doing yeoman's work uh, for the past couple of days. but uh, So we'll get into that later. But uh, what we're seeing in, the, in this press conference room, let's talk about it. We'll start with Greg Rosenthal and Rex Ryan. Uh, enough, you know, 
I don't know what's going on with Rex. A little bit of a, a quirky, odd press conference. He no longer, you know, uh, you know, makes bold predictions about championship glory, but he still says a lot of things that make you raise an eyebrow. Well, like saying he's fully pregnant now. Exactly. What is it? He likes to come up with little narratives. I, this is maybe, you know, you and Rex, you have a love-hate relationship, but I, this is the love part. You like the narratives, Dan Hansis. Okay. And he comes up with narrative. He comes up with these narratives, and now I think his narrative is that they didn't go all out really going for the Rex Ryan defense last year, and next year they'll be fully pregnant, and they'll really show what Rex is all about. First of all, whatever. That doesn't What's make any it, of that mean. Like, I don't, I don't know, know what well, that makes sense, but I loved he really holds slights, hold close to his heart. Half the press conference was like, well, we were we were terrible last year. You know, I guess I can't coach defense anymore, according to you guys. Well, I shouldn't have taken Ronald Darby. You guys all told us we were big-time idiots for taking him. That worked out pretty well. The whole time was just like slights that he remembers and him wanting to settle the score. Well, there are already people coming out saying that he, he was – I guess he was trying to say, we're going to bring the full house next year. We're going to really unleash what the Rex Ryan defense is about. The complaints last season were that it was overly complex to begin with. There was already too much on the plate, causing no one to play by instinct, and it turned their feverish pass rush into a nonsense. So what does fully pregnant mean? It scares anyone I'm who's a Bills I'm really fan. looking forward to seeing the Bills' first sack under Rex Ryan. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, 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 and speaking of sack or lack of sacks, the other, I guess, the newsier uh, nug, Greg, short for nugget, that came out <laughs> of that press conference is Mario Williams, who there was a report out there today, Thursday, that he's just waiting to be cut at this point. And uh, Rex Ryan was obviously sounded resigned that Mario Williams will not be in the plans. Would they even want him back at this point? I think he's happy. He said he'd love for Mario to be back, but I don't know how realistic that is. So that was saying that he didn't really think they could right. afford it. But I learned, you know, we've learned from Rex, he is holding all these slights that people send his way very close to his heart. Who has slighted Rex Ryan more in public than Mario Williams? I'm sure he's happy to get rid of Mario Williams. Mario Williams basically called Rex Ryan a bad coach repeatedly in, through the media. Hopefully he's not listening to this podcast. And his, and his pay doesn't match his play. I know Williams, can, he'll probably get another nice deal, but, I mean, what was he do this year, $20 million or something? $20 million in cap room, 14 or 15 He's not going to get that, no. Uh, Wes, I want you to talk about because, you know, Wes famously gave up on the, the, the Bengals. You said, I can't. The ownership is not something I can get behind. Uh, but the Cardinals are really a team that you've embraced in recent years, and you were on Dreamboat Island uh, uh, this <laughs> this week in Indy watching the pressers of Bruce Arians, the coach, and Steve Kime, the GM. Well, this is an issue near and dear to my heart. We talked last podcast about Russell Wilson being a robot and athletes never saying in anything interesting. That goes double for coaches sometimes. We had our draft uh at the bar the other night for the pressers, who was going to be the who was going to get to cover which GM, which coach, and Bruce Arians did not go number one. Gettleman went number one, but I immediately jumped on Bruce Arians, of course, because he's the most interesting quote in the NFL, and he lived up to it in the presser. Steve Kime wasn't far behind him, their general manager. They just they're not afraid to speak their mind. They're not a, they're not afraid that other coaches and organizations are going to latch on to what they say and get some weird competitive advantage. They just answer questions and talk about football in depth, and they're really honest. It was great. I liked the thing that I tweeted out because I found it really interesting because Bruce Arians will just go off on like a little jag. He started talking about cornerbacks and how he thought 
that the cornerback was not just the most athletic position in football, but the, the greatest athletes in all professional sports were cornerbacks. Like, you don't see any of these other coaches or GMs, like, just starting to talk about something interesting and just start rambling on it. He also, he had a lot of stuff like this. Offensive linemen, which a lot of, a lot of the questions in the press conferences were, why is offensive play down all around the league? And he said they're much better, much, much better athletes now, but the fundamentals are just so sloppy. And he went into, like, how that changed with colleges and spread off offenses too but you know I asked him about David Johnson is he already one of the best running backs in the NFL interesting response wasn't willing to say after one season he's one of the best running backs in the NFL but then immediately added but he has a chance to be one of the best ever wow Wes that's your corner well look Bruce Arians Steve Kahn and I are in lockstep on David Johnson no one gets more excited I mean Wes came back and he had a plan after these press conferences. He wanted to do, <laughs> he wanted to do a three-part series on the on the Cardinals. This story, this one, and then on top of that, an eleven hundred word notebook, which you ended up twelve pounding out. Point. And I said, well, maybe we should, you know, combine these at least into two. I don't know if we need three. 1,500-word articles about the Cardinals. Well, another one of my pet <laughs> projects, which I thought might have deserved its own article, was Bruce Arians. I mean, you know that my religion is basically common sense. That, oh, of course, I, I just, famously. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. just use common sense. Catch roll. He comes out and says it. Just use common sense. I do Two feet down that. in possession, it's a catch. Thank you, Bruce Harry. You know what else he said? That was something I feel like I've heard Wes say on the podcast. Someone said, what, you know, what would you change or, like, uh, you know, what did you take away from that NFC title blowout? And he said, uh, play at home. <laughs> play, yeah. <laughs> I love, he just has simple, honest answers. Play right. at home. You love uh, the Cardinals' brain trust. The Jets' brain, brain trust. It's oh, like a yeah. warm blanket for the old Zeuser. <laughs> and I just tuck in and get in front of the fire and read a book because <laughs> I love him so much. And, yeah, I'm a fanboy. Hopefully they'll take that. you to the playoffs this time. Maybe. Maybe we're working on it. I mean, your team one day can get close to 500. And Not you, counting you'll on that. hope, too. But, uh, honestly, I think – and and I checked – I even checked with Greg on this, and I kind of made sure I wasn't just seeing it because I wanted to see it. Uh I feel like I'm in good hands with, with these two guys, both Mike McCagnin and Todd Bowles, the way they carry themselves, the way they answer questions. Uh, with the last regime, which, of course, was the Tannenbaum and then Idzik and, and Rex Ryan, there, it just felt like a train that was a little wobbly. Even at the best of times, it always felt like things were going off the tracks. I feel like these two guys, I think, were going in the right direction uh, as a team. I even went with a we there. That was wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, the way he talked about Wilkerson, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson and Damon Harrison, uh, they're going to try to get a deal done. Just a lot of common sense and, and delivered in a way. So I feel very good about the direction of this franchise with uh, Todd Bowles and Mike McCagney. I think Warm if you, blanket. I think if you were ranking the, hey, we've got this rankings between coaches and GMs, just like they, they give an air of confidence. They seem like they know what they're doing, and you watch those two guys, and you average the score between the coach and GM. They'd be in the top five. They do. They seem, I love that. I mean, it's been a long time since well, you It's important. That. That, doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win tons and tons of games. Right. You probably thought that about Eric Mangini after one year in, in New York, too. But the combination, and especially McCagnin. I like McCagnin a lot. There's some shared space here with, Dean, with uh, Bruce Arians, too, because he castigated the Dolphins in the mm. press conference. He said, look, they messed up. Mm. They had Todd Bowles in their house as their interim coach, and he went on to say, look, the NFL isn't about how much you know. It's how much you can teach, and Todd Bowles is a great and teacher. And Bowles said of Bruce Arians during his press conference that not only did he shape him as a coach, he shaped him as a man. 
Love Fest. I think Little- Connor Orr summed it up perfectly over text while Sashi was speaking and just speaking poetically. He said, <laughs> Sashi makes McCagnan look like a punk. Whoa. <laughs> Connor, Little- you're you no want to talk about a duo? How about Hugh and Sashi? They're, they're just interwoven. Enough with this nonsense. Wow, what a, what a love wow. fest. The rivalry for their, for going their on teams. Uh, uh, a little you- quiet, by the way, on what? Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's up? How could, like the One of the greatest quarterback seasons in Jets history. We haven't heard a peep about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's, maybe he's going to leave. No, what are the greatest? No, quarterback seasons in Jets history. It actually was. It really nah, was statistically. Maybe well, numerically. That's, and that's okay. and that says where in my teams like that, yeah. there's not been a lot of great quarterback seasons. Maybe he'll. It was a good quarterback season. He won ten of fifteen games and threw thirty-one touchdowns. That's a big deal in Jets history. I'm just saying, exactly. it doesn't feel like they barely asked any questions. It feels like that's been a low-level I think story. I'm going to put that in the category of. I'm not worried because I think they have it under control. And that's the way when they asked about it, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we, you know, we think he, it's a good fit for him. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of coming to the money sum, and I think they're going to figure it out. Mark, yeah. let's talk about uh, in our pre- Combine Preview podcast, I said I was looking forward to Les Snead and Jeff Fisher, uh, you know, the, you know the, the hucksters coming up and, <laughs> and wooing everyone into a false sense that the Rams were on the right track. What did you, you were front row and center for Les so let's talk about his hair, and let's talk about your encounter with him, which was very personal. Well, hair looked, number one, hair looked absolutely great. We've talked about it in audio form. We've shown some pictures mm-hmm. over it. But to see it in person, he absolutely is not aged a day. I think he's getting younger. There's a picture right there if you're watching. And That's a former year. Oh, that, this is there you go. This is today. Looks that's good. Today. I think he tightened up a little bit. I think he's, yeah, he's fit. He's more fit than he was there. I asked him about Case Keenum because what we saw with Jeff Fisher yesterday was this. We get this all, all the time. Whatever quarterback they have, they couldn't be happier with. Last year it was Sam Bradford. Oh, we are absolutely married to Sam Bradford. This will go on for an eternity. Bang, he's out the door like a month later. So now this time they're telling us it's Case Keenum. So I asked the question in the press conference and – you know, Sneed gives a very intricate research-based reason oh why you don't really need a good quarterback to win in the NFL. He even prefaced it. He was like, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go a little long here. And then just started going on and on. Well, I thought I was going to get money quote after money quote. Yeah. It was this, like, deep, like, educational study that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest with you. So I got him out in the hallway with other reporters, and I said, I just need to know, you're going to Los Angeles. How are you going to sell Case Keenum to L.A., Los Angeles. You're big on this, by the way, having someone to sell in L.A. I, I think you need someone. Okay. And it's I get that it's girly and all that, but if you go, I guarantee if three months from now, when we're all drinking beers in L.A. bars, people are talking about the Rams, quarterback's going to come up over and over if they don't solve the problem in its case, Keenum. So here it was, Snead again gave me another kind of long-winded answer, and I just was thought, well, that's fine. But then someone else pegged him again with a similar quarterback thing, and he goes, turn to me, and he goes, I'm going to sell this guy right here on this team one way or another. He's <laughs> like, I, it's not, yeah, he's like, Who, what's your name? And he, he shook my hand, and little did he know, he just, you know, got pre-pneumonia with what I have right now. <laughs> but other than that, like, he, he is very intent. My takeaway was, A, I think, believe nothing when they talk quarterback. They're definitely going to look and see what else is out there. But they do seem sold on the idea that if Case Keenum can play 16 games, that that's the, the stability simply comes from not shifting from one quarterback to the next. This right here in River City. 
That reminds me of when Colleen on our last show pulled out her notes from last combine and then how, how much of it turned out to be totally phony and a lot of oh, smoke. Please. They're off to something. They, they, don't even, be. they don't even believe that. When they're talking behind closed doors, there's no way that they're excited about I don't think they believe it, Kay- but if they Case get Keenum. stuck with him, they have, to, they have to sound good about it now. You know what? why they like Case Keenum and Case Keenum questions? Because then people stop asking about, oh, remember when you gave up Sam Bradford, that guy you were talking about? well about and and some draft picks are involved and you gave Nick Foles a ton of guaranteed money when there was no interest when you already had him on the roster and oh that guaranteed money he's still on your team right now but he's benched behind a guy who at best is what a a 1B type of quarterback Sneed got some tough questions I thought people kept trying with Sneed with Fisher I, I felt like 20 questions that I heard him ask, 19 were like, so how are you moving to L.A.? What part of town are you <laughs> looking at? That's part of the like, charm. For heaven's sake. He's when, a respected figure around here. When Sneed went through the long, elaborate rollout explanation about his research for why quarterbacks don't really mean that much, I, I was hoping somebody in the chairs up there would just ask, do you have any research that shows how you go 7-9 and nine every year? Is that a shot at Mark just now? <laughs> No, I just like <laughs> all this research that shows you don't need a quarterback, and the Rams go seven and nine every right, single year. We should year. get off the Rams before they shut down our podcast. Uh, Greg, tell us a little bit. You drew the short straw and then got Jason Garrett uh, late Wednesday. What would you take out of that? Well, there there was a little bit of news in that one, and just an awkward moment when someone asked, "What is the status of Greg Hardy?" And Jason Garrett, who's usually an amiable guy, just kind of you know happy go lucky, just gets very cold look, and he goes, "He's a free agent." And that was it. And that and mm. that ended the Greg Hardy tenure in Dallas. Not that we expected that he would be back. But if you've gotten uh, Jason Garrett to kind of, I wouldn't say call them out publicly, but that's about as as cold as Jason Garrett's going to be. He clearly did not enjoy the Greg Hardy experience. And I just want, like, is some team out there going to give him a chance? We had a hard time ranking him in the top 99. Like, him? what do you do? Where'd you put him? We he wound up in the right? late 50s, early 60s, and it's funny because without speaking to each other and not even looking at Wes's list, we put we each put Greg Hardy and Richie Incognito right next to each other on our list, <laughs> right in around the same spot. And it was because we probably did the same mental calculation. Okay, where is the spot where it's just this guy's a talented player, and I don't know, we got to put him somewhere. I wouldn't sign him at all, but you know there might be an owner who. Is okay with That's, it. You scientists do great work together. <laughs> really looking forward. It's like one hand washing the other. It's a living document, right? <laughs> this top ninety nine. Uh, who is the new ninety nine? Because I always used to it used to be one hundred one. I mean, come on, it should be triple digits, but let's not get into that. Uh, it used to be Michael Vick for years upon years, decades even. Who is the new number ninety nine? I got it. It's going to be Chris Johnson. Ooh. Well, who's it right now? Well, it's someone else, but we're going to have... <laughs> Wait, what? I'm it's confused. a living document. We're gonna, it's amorphous. We're going to change well, it. Well, because we know that there's going to be about 10 to 15 new players okay. cut uh, gotcha. over the next week and a half. So th- whoever would be 99 now is going to get blasted off all this right. list. All right. And uh, I will. Uh, another thing I checked, first of all, Howie Roseman. You know, it made me think of Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> mm. A man that crawled through a river of S and came out clean on the other side. Lording over the Philly media, uh, you know, gently uh, joking with uh, Jeff McClain, really completely confident, talking about the direction of the Eagles. And all I could think about was, wow, 
a year ago, Chip Kelly was in charge. You had no relationship with him. They shipped you into the the, the broom know, closet. The broom closet. They literally moved his office and took him out of like the nerve center within that facility. And now here he is in Indianapolis. He came out clean on the other side. Good for you. It's the Count of Monte Cristo. So I was I was impressed by Howie Rosen. I don't have much takeaways from his actual press conference, uh, many takeaways, but I, I just I found that to be interesting, just to see Howie back. And the other one, uh, Ted Thompson. Love me some Ted Thompson. Mm. Yeah. Love Ted. That's a surprise hero. And he's a surprise hero to me. And I, I tweeted that if if Mitch Hedberg was uh, <laughs> somehow reincarnated as a prominent front office official in the NFL, it'd be Ted Thomas. Uh, Todd Thompson with his his uh, his sense of humor, his dry wit, and I think he was cra- he cracked up the audience uh, at that press conference more than everyone else combined because it's a very serious, it's stodgy uh, situation here. I, I find it after the the silliness at times of media night uh, at the Super Bowl where it gets a little too out there. This is very everyone's very serious about it's, football here. Yeah, area football executive emerges yeah. from five decade cocoon. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all. Oh, how has uh, all the spread defenses affected how you right. draft your offensive line? <laughs> There's a couple of guys on my radar 15, asking those questions. Yeah, 15 straight people. So, yeah, Ted Thompson is the guy that you could tell, and just the way he carries himself, he's not taking any of this too seriously. He knows what this means. He's here. He's answering questions. It's the first real availability uh, since uh, the playoffs ended. Love me some Ted Thompson. That's my other takeaway. Wes, close us out because you're digging in on the D- Duke Tobin era in Cincinnati. Well, the Bengals are interesting to me. Their, their front office power structure is unlike any other team in the NFL. They, they're the only team in NFL history that's never had a GM outside of ownership. Mm. And it's hard to unpack who's making the decisions. Is it Marvin Lewis? Is it Mike Brown? Is it Duke Tobin? And for the first time, I mean, Duke Tobin, he's a director of player personnel standing up here with coaches and GMs. You don't see that. So I asked him right away. It was like Mark and Sashi. Sure I know. jump in first question. Who's running the show here? And he's like, well, there's no sea change in the in the operation. It's still Marvin and, and Mike as the focal point. But I'm up here because it's a scouting event. Uh, I, I think he is. It's it's him and Marvin running the show. I think it's the two of them. Was, you think it was a statement having him at the I podium? think he doesn't care. I don't, I don't think he cares about the publicity. I don't think he cares about the prestige. But someone he's made happy. a decision. Either Marvin or Mike Brown made a decision that this guy has been – running our team or has been a He's key been definitely running, running the draft. And people should know that. I mean, they told him to do it. Either that or I don't Marvin think it's, was, just didn't want to do it. I don't think it's a coincidence that the, that there were reports he turned down the, in, the general manager openings for the Lions mm. and Titans. Well, yeah, so I, now they're putting him up yeah, front and I center. Think, like, Marvin Lewis, number one, has always said that he wanted people in around him and under him to get promoted and to get jobs elsewhere. And it's great exposure for someone that most people in the NFL couldn't even pick out of a lineup. We, we sometimes have fun with Marvin Lewis in terms of his challenges, certainly their playoff record. But I, listening to Mike Zimmer talk about Marvin Lewis today and what an impact he's had on yeah. Mike Zimmer's career. And then you think about Hugh Jackson, who his career was in the toilet. And he had to start coaching defense for Marvin Lewis. And then he became the hottest coaching prospect in the league. And then there's dude. I mean, Marvin Lewis has created something in in Cincinnati. Not just a lot of talent. I mean, they have a really talented roster. And Tobin deserves credit. But he's created something there. And these guys are doing better than a lot of Belichick's former assistants. Yeah, look at who's running a more stable operation than the Bengals over the past half decade. Mm. 
They have the fourth best record in the NFL behind Peyton Manning's Broncos, Tom Brady's Patriots, and Aaron Rodgers' Packers. He's getting, He's back, getting in. back in. I'm not Ooh. back in. Well, getting back no, in. We're not listening it. to your Cue words. Cue We're up the feeling the love. song, Never Going Back. It's this the love is, floating off your you know body. What? This is a good time for Wes to reflect. And, Mark, maybe you can join him as a, a close friend. Maybe walk down the field together and talk about what's going on with West and Cincinnati because we're going to temporarily say goodbye to Sess and West and uh, welcome in the set. Is that is everything okay? Is this a listen sore subject? We want to get the satellites level. on. Uh, we want to get Chicago and Jersey on. You should and probably get a couple of healthy human beings. To yeah, well, Wes and I are hanging on. Yes, by exactly. You said so. you raised your hand here when you when you about, learned. Absolutely, you're a little sick. All right, how about you guys go get an IV? Wes, a couple cough drops, and we'll welcome you back in about 10 minutes. We have to go check in with Colleen and get the liquid IV. All right, Wes and Sess out the door, but never fear. They will be back. But now it's satellite time, the satellite component of the Around the NFL podcast, Satellites of Love. Atra coming at you, our Chicago correspondent. Nice traps, buys, tries, chest. Everything looking super tight here. And, of course, from the New Jersey Haunted Mansion, he is the creator of Are You Kidding Me? and the new Orrible Movie segment, Connor Orr. Welcome back, guys. And the newer uh, Patron or Satellite Podcast Hour coming every Saturday mm. live from the Haunted Mansion. Yes. I, you know, I think that's I a great idea. It. I can't take it. No more treachery with sub-podcasts associated with the Around the NFL brand. <laughs> we're going to get drunk and just break down your previous podcast. From the I, su- I support you guys. I think it's cool. You guys Stunning. are just trying to branch out and do other things and fulfill your dreams. Guys, yeah. follow the true path of loyalty. That's the only thing I'll say. <laughs> All right, so we have – it's so good. This is the first time, the first time we've ever had – all six of us at any type of league tent pole event. So we've had a lot of fun, even though some of us are under the, under the weather right now. Wes and Seth getting their IVs. Uh, you guys, we've had a great time. Connor hitting home runs, bombs, in fact, taking us all around the city, just like we talked about in the previous show. You've shown us around. Where have we been? This is my Disney World, like I said. <laughs> I mean, we've we've had broken yolk, egg sandwiches at Cafe Patichu. We've mm. had cigars at Nicky Blaine's, pizza at Napoli's, and tonight... St. Elmo's, to cap it all off. This is the rhythm of the night. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's excited about the big St. Elmo's we got to get out. some sponsors. If any of these restaurants yeah. listen to the podcast, they should sponsor next year's combine yes. shows. Ooh. And so Connor's doing a great job. And Patra, Patra's amazing whenever we get to hang out with Kevin. Because he's just, you know, he's, he's coming from a different angle just a little bit, and we need that. And Patra, the big revelation from Patra is, you know how I've been talking of Patra's body. I'm not sure where you're going with Yeah, this. for years, and how I thought it was a real, uh, you know, a real gold mine when it comes to physical build. Uh, and then sometimes, like, guys like Greg or Wes, mostly I would say, maybe Mark, but not really, uh, would come out and say, oh, you know, his body isn't great. He looks like a taller Greg. I never said that. Big news, breaking yeah. news from uh, last night. We learned that. Patra unironically has a whiteboard next to his workout equipment in his apartment where he writes down these slights and works out probably nude while looking at these <laughs> hey. comments. True story, right? Yeah, it, it's not right next to my workout, but I do. It is true that I do have a whiteboard with. Uh, oh it's my mainly God. It's crazy. Mainly, it's mainly Wes and uh, Greg. That's, that's what I thought. It. Yes, I blame Wes. Yes, it's straight that out of motivation. Amazing. If you don't have motivation in it's life, it's straight out of the Billy that? Madison list of the guys no, that he's gonna list, kill. Just, I'd you're say it's more Roger Clemens. Why is this motivation? We're just joking around. No. Oh, I love it. No, no, and I like that he. For the people watching on YouTube, Patra. 
he likes to be a little aggressive, and so he knew he knew that this has been a conversation. So he unbuttoned that shirt, an extra button, because he yeah. just wanted to show everyone I wasn't watching wear a that shirt, video. But the producers said I had to wear. May a shirt. I also say that Patra's build has improved in the past year, and I feel like I directly I'm, might have contributed yeah. it with all the positive body image stuff yeah. I've been throwing your I way. Have to, I have to prove you right, Dan. I have to prove you right. <laughs> America wins. Yes. And but it does it does the image of you uh, like Mark Wahlberg in fear working out while looking <laughs> yeah. at those lines from Wes and when Wes they gets s- back on we'll talk they to They said him. I was a, a bigger Greg. <laughs> that guy's that guy's a wimp. All right, so let's talk about your takeaways cuz you guys just like us we we had the draft so we all covered an equal amount of press conferences and we will start with Kevin Patrick here uh, and something you took away from the Houston Texans press conference about a running back that many people assumed was out the door. Right, we we assumed that Arian Foster was going to get cut, and he still might get cut. But after a thousand Christian Hackenberg questions for Rick Smith and, and Bill O'Brien, uh, I just asked him straight up, Rick Smith, if if Arian Foster will be on the roster, and he eventually came told us that he what the reason he will he would get cut isn't because of his salary. Mm. So you could take that as. He might not get cut at all, but it sounds like they're going to they're gonna give him the chance to prove that he's healthy, which is the main thing. And Rick Smith also said that he thinks he will be healthy. But the main thing is they have enough salary cap space to carry his number, which will be it's a little under $9 million cap hit. But they don't need to cut him because of the money. This is like the same thing that I was saying last week where something seemed a little off here, that they had cap room. He was their most important offensive player when he's healthy. Why the rush to kick him out the door so you could, like, install bang-bang chicken and shrimp as your featured back? <laughs> Connor is writing a piece that will be up on Friday about all the cap space in the in the league. There's more cap space right now than ever before, and I think this is the type of thing that happens now. They don't really want him at that salary necessarily sure. unless he looks great, but now they can afford to just keep him there, check him out in August. If he looks like Arian Foster, then they'll pay him. But it's still amazing because, I mean, there's more teams with more cap space than ever. I mean, you know, the Texans are going to have some money. The Jaguars could have almost $90 million to spend this offseason. What are they going to do? Sign Devon House again? I mean, it's like there's only so many people you can. Danny Trevathan, 10 years, $100 million. <laughs> well, let's talk about you now, Connor, that you took out of um, you are a supporter of the Browns. Uh, maybe not at the fanatical level of Mark Sessler. <laughs> who is? You do, yeah, who is? Uh, you took away something from watching Hugh Jackson in his first combine presser with the Browns. I had someone in the Browns tell me Hugh Jackson is fire and brimstone with substance, which is like the greatest line for somebody. And I feel mm. like his attitude is almost just elevating them above all this mess. I mean, they walked into this Johnny Manziel scandal, and they have a Josh Gordon thing coming up, and they're just happy. They're thrilled to be here. They believe in what's going on, and they said it's Hugh. I mean, he kind of comes in there, sets the tone, super inspiring, and that gets you through a lot the, of dark days. The best move they did, too. And, you know, Mark. You, well, Mark's watching right now when he comes on. He was taking shots at the Jets before. I'm going to dole out compliments <laughs> to the Browns. The what best, a guy you are. Yeah, of you. The best thing that they did a couple of weeks ago was they got ahead of the Manziel thing, didn't let it become like a ma- major storyline here. It's almost like old news, like Manziel's gone. So when somebody asked about it, uh, I, I know uh, for a fact that Sashi did it. I don't know if Hugh did the same thing. It's like, we released a, a statement on this. That's all we need to get into on that. And they were all about moving forward. They handled it well. It's great. They're like, we're done. You know, Paul Depot gets here tonight to look at quarterbacks, and uh, and it, it's going. I think it could help them keep some of the free agents that they have 
you know, on the team, maybe take a contract before free agency. We'll see. But I don't quite buy the the logic. Well, people want to come here and play for Hugh. Or, wow, this is a more attractive place. It's just people go whoever gives them the most amount of money. It's not like the Browns have ever had a problem paying people a lot of money. I mean, it's true. Mark's laughing on the, in the background. It's cracking me up. I mean, if you give Paul Kruger a ton of money, he's going to come to Cleveland. If you give anyone a ton of money, they're going to come wherever they go. Wes, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins and Adam Gase. Yeah, I thought that uh, Gase was very interesting when he was talking about Tannehill because it's an issue that we've talked about all offseason with can Ryan Tannehill check plays and check calls. And Gase um, made it sound as if it wasn't necessarily just about the quarterback, or he did say it's not just about the quarterback. The entire offense has to be able to run plays where he can check. Mm. So he's concerned that it, it's going to come across as a critique of Ryan Tannehill when they don't do that early in the season because he said it's going to take into the preseason, into the, into the games, into the regular season before he has full control of the entire offense. But it's not a critique of just the quarterback. It's the entire offense that, that needs to, to know how to do all these plays. Well, wasn't the whole thing with Gase and Cutler that Cutler had less to do? No, he had, he had more. They had, they had designed plays where he had to check, check, run, check, pass. That was a lot of the goal line. Not, not saying that Cutler made all the right decisions because sometimes he went with the run plays when he should have done the pass plays. One fourth down on the goal line comes to mind in Chicago. Uh, but, but he definitely had the, the ability to make those decisions, and that's what Gase said he wants Tannehill to do this year. Speaking of on, on the radar of the old Zeuser, there seems to be a lot of talk about Tannehill and a lot of people saying, well, if they just take the handcuffs off, we'll finally see that guy. Well, but don't I, you, need to, see, but you, don't that you need to see it at some point? You need to let him I, Who knows what any of this really sink even or means. Swim? It just feels like a lot of excuses being made for a guy that's had a lot of years now to show that he's more than just a, a jag. He's play, he started 64 games. So I don't. when you say, well, don't you need to see that? I mean, you've seen a lot. Yeah. doesn't mean he can't get better. But, I mean, it doesn't mean that he's worthless. He's a league sure. average starter, which is worth plenty. It's worth $15 million a year to them. And then finally, and if this was a tweet, uh, Connor, it would be, um, you know, free agency, a lot of dollars to be handed out, and then my column, column uh, colon, and then a, a scorching hot take from you. <laughs> a hot take from you, Connor, about free agency and the idea that money will be handed out to people that don't necessarily deserve as much as they're going to get. Well, sources have told the Patra or Satellite podcast that— I don't like uh, it. I've <laughs> been through this before, and it hurt me. <laughs> Uh, I think the word I heard, uh, you know, but it's different from the football side. It's these people will be cr almost criminally overpaid this offseason. But you can make the criminally. argument that, that they've been criminally underpaid for right. the entire duration of the NFL. So it's it's whatever way you look at it. But, you know, I think the other thing uh, that's going to be in the story that's going up later is basically any defensive player is like, give me J.J. Watt money because, you know, people have 50. I think there's six teams with more than 50 million to spend. Only five with ten or less. So I mean, there's a ton of money going around. The salary cap might raise fourteen million dollars when the numbers are official. So people are going to want a piece of it. You know who's the best barometer? There'll be some lower level guys that get crazy contracts, but Malik Jackson yeah. will get quarterback money. Like I'm not sure exactly what level of quarterback, but it'll be twelve, thirteen. Maybe if Malik Jackson's getting fifteen or sixteen, that'll be a contract that helps reset so a it lot goes of people from underrated to overpaid. In the, in like one, I don't know. He was good. For one day. Two months. Uh, so there you go. This is the satellite of love, I call it. You know, this is. Uh, you know, that's we a, get a tagline for song. our podcast. Oh, really? Aware of that. Yeah, it's very I thought good that was song. Dave Matthews. No, this, the, the, DMB was satellite. Okay. That was it. Saw him at uh, Jazz Fest 99, I believe. I dated a girl in Hoboken. <laughs> the license plate was DMB 
uh, R-O-X, personalized. But when you look at it, it looked like it said dumb as rocks. <laughs> couldn't work. I couldn't, I couldn't salvage a relationship. Connor Orr, Kevin Patra, let's go get some steak in a few minutes. Let's We're going to say bon voyage until later. And welcome back, the core four in its entirety. There you go. And now we are back. That's the outdoor uh, portion of Lucas Oil Stadium. We're inside and back with us now, Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling. Uh, uh, real quick before we go, we got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, Wes, I feel like you have something to get off your chest after the Kevin Patra um, comments about his workout regimen and how you've been involved. Go ahead. Tell us. Uh, he's making some great progress, as you can see. But as I'm coming from the sidelines up to my – See, I almost stepped on him. He's like a 170-pound oh. guy. Oh. Wow, that's – I mean, he's he's a big guy, but I told you what I'm going to accomplish this summer with P90X. Yes. Greg and Wes absolutely don't believe in me. Dan does. I do. That, I, that is nonsense. I've heard this ridiculous narrative that you're playing out. You were the one that brought up – I, without us saying anything, well, in two or three months, you know I'm actually not going to do any of this at all. We, we didn't this say anything. This is the clicks, though. This you is said year. you're going to be Dan, ripped. Dan, Dan is right. saying that he believes in me, and just like he guided Patra down that path, I'm going to go down the same path. You, you and Eddie Lacy. We'll Eddie able, Lacy, Lacy met with him? You're our Eddie Lacy here. We'll be able to track <laughs> well, your progress I don't know closely. if I'd go that route. Well, not like that. All right. That's enough. Great job today, guys. Great work. Um Greg, you think we're doing great work, right? You guys have been killing it. I think okay. we're uh, we're the best team here. All right, good. I like that. Uh, we will be back next time you hear from us. It will be, I believe, Monday, uh, where we will really dig into the top ninety-nine. So make sure you check in on that. Uh, but when you get your MVP awards, oh, I'm very excited about that. But uh, yeah, that will be the next time you hear from us. We will be here for another day, soaking in the combine experience. But for now, we got to go. We got to get to St. Elmo's. So this is Dan Hansa signing off. Four, Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, Kevin Patrick coming at you, and The Awe Man. Oh, steak, come to me. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.